You've heard the statistic that the divorce rate in the church is no different than the divorce rate outside of the church. Francis Chan says he's not buying it. Yeah, I I mean, I really believe there has never been a divorce between two spirit-filled believers. They're using stats of everyone who goes to church, calls himself a Christian, which, man, that's what the Bible, that's what Jesus says all the time. I know you say that you're a believer. You call me Lord, but why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? You know, the whole book of 1 John is, it doesn't matter that you say you know him because you don't obey his commands. You are a liar. This is Family Life Today. Our host is Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. To make a marriage work, Francis and Lisa Chan say, it takes more than two, more than you and me. We'll explore that today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. Let me just start off today, if I can, Dennis, by reminding our listeners about the uh, special offer we're making this week on our Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaways. If our listeners would like to join us at one of the 50-plus upcoming getaways that we've got going on in cities all across the country this spring, sign up this week and save 50% off the regular registration fee. The offer expires this week, so take advantage of it by going to familylifetoday.com or call if you have any questions or if you'd like to register by phone. The number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. Again, the weekend to remember is a great getaway for husbands and wives, a great opportunity for you to get some uninterrupted time where you're focusing on one another, focusing on your marriage, and having some fun in the process. Again, you can find out more at familylifetoday.com, but make sure you're registered this week in order to take advantage of the special 50% offer we're making. The website is familylifetoday.com, or call if you have any questions, 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. Now, i got to be honest with you, Dennis. I have always wanted to meet... Uh, one of our guests today, because I've always wanted to meet the, the woman who could be married to Francis Chan. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I've wondered that as well. <laughs> so, Lisa, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you very much. You kind of wondered that too by now, haven't you? <laughs> yes. What did I get myself into? No. <laughs> well, he's a good man, Francis. Yeah, uh, he is. Welcome back. Thank We've had you, you on, the, on the broadcast, and we have battled. Yes. Uh, the soapbox in the middle of the table and the microphones, uh, as we talked about the Holy Spirit a number of years ago. That's but right. you guys have written a fresh book called You and Me Forever, and it's subtitled Marriage in Light of Eternity. Now, you may not know this, but our weekend to remember marriage getaway, which has now trained, along with other events that we've done, over 3 million people, begins talking about the glory of God the transcendent purpose of marriage as God intended it. And this is going to make a great companion book for our weekend to remember marriage getaways because couples are learning that marriage is about more than just you and me. And and most people think it's about them, don't they? Oh, yeah. And that's what's destroying the marriages is they they don't get the big picture. They've dumbed it down. Yeah, marriage is such a small part of this bigger picture in Scripture. But be honest. You didn't have the bigger picture when you went to Lisa and proposed, did no, you? No, 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 not at all. You thought it was about you too, <laughs> didn't you? Oh, yes, absolutely. Tell us how you guys met and tell us how he popped the question, Lisa. Uh, well, 
I, I knew the, the worship pastor at a church that Francis was working at at the time. He and I had kind of grown up at the same church, the worship pastor. So he had me come over and sing. And he actually is the one that started feeding both of us you know, these lines of, for me, it was like, you've got to stop dating anyone else. Francis is the one for you. So and it was an arranged marriage. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> he was so confident. And Dan, we thank you still. <laughs> um, so I came over, started going to the church a lot to play the lead in their Christmas musical. And Francis kind of found a way to ask me out. Yeah, I had asked if I could be a stage manager. Uh, and I told, I was honest with the worship pastor. I, go, I don't really care about your play. I want to meet this girl. And uh, So had you paid off the guy, Dan, and told oh, him yeah, to arrange yeah. the marriage? Oh, he just gave me a little headset and said, hey, go, meet her. You know, I, I seriously had no responsibilities except to ask her out. So how did you, how long after you asked her out before you proposed? No, no, I want to find out about the first date. Lisa? Oh, the first date was great because, well, we were talking on the phone, planning the whole time, and right away we were so connected and we didn't want to get off the phone with each other. It was like, okay, we're looking so forward to this. And then he plans it where it's kind of a studio city. It was a far drive. There was a little traffic. It was during Christmas time. So we were listening to Amy Grant on the radio <laughs> and, and her Christmas tape or whatever. And... Uh, just talking and talking, and we went to dinner and just walked around these cute little shops, and it was awesome. He swept you off your feet. He did. I was immediately like, okay, this is different. So how long from Studio City and Amy Grant till you were standing <laughs> at the altar together? Uh, almost exactly a year, yeah, from the first date to the time we got married. We, we met in December and got married the following January. Did and you know right away? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, after a few weeks, I was pretty convinced. And how long before you proposed? Uh, well, we had to wait like five or six months because it took a while to convince her parents that <laughs> I was okay. That was. Uh, I was the youngest of five, so there yeah. was a little bit of oh, having a hard time letting go. <laughs> yeah, so they said no a couple of times to me. So Really? Me. Oh, yeah. So you went to the dad? Oh, yeah. Asked for the blessing. And, and, and he said, nope. <laughs> Sorry, you got Did he give you any my... hope? He didn't say uh, if you do this or this or this. No, I mean the main thing was convincing her mom too. You know, and they, they just, you know, I'm kind of a shady guy. So <laughs> you've been redeemed, though. Were, yes. were you? Aren't you redeemed at that yes, point? Yes, I was a pastor. Well, that doesn't mean anything, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think I was. But you know, it just. I think yeah. my life, uh, you know, my mindset of just doing anything for the Lord, going anywhere, can be a little scary to parents. And and do you think your mom and dad were just a little worried about what this man might lead you into? Yes, I think they were a little bit scared, and you know, they didn't know him at all, and they were picturing me marrying some guy that I knew for years and years in the church growing up. So it, it took a while to let's make sure we really know who he is because. Maybe he's crazy for God, but maybe he's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you pop the question? Take us to the experience. Knowing yeah. Francis Chan, this can't be average. No, we we, uh, we were going to go water skiing. Back then, people still water skied. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, with a bunch of friends. And I had set up on this little island in the middle of the lake, you know, nice little, uh, you know, flowers and music and video camera, everything else. And so she kind of knew as we're walking up there and it was playing our song and, you know, popped the question there. Well, you have that in common with Barbara and me. Because really? I proposed 
actually uh, giving Barbara the ring on an island wow. as the sun was going down. And I didn't have any music playing, however, and there were no video cameras. <laughs> I there was, I'd never heard this story. On what island were you it on? It was a little island in uh, Lake Washita, which is a massive lake south and a little west of here. And uh, we'd been on a kind of a family outing with uh, a bunch of her family. Yeah. And I had it planned where as the sun was going down, I was going to lead her out on a scavenger hunt on the island. And the last place to come was to me. Mm-hmm. And I was going to open the little box, nice. drop to one knee, and say, "Will you marry me?" And uh, it was kind of sealing the deal, Bob. I, I'd already asked her prior, <laughs> so we knew we were headed in that direction. But this was kind of this was sealing the deal a couple of weeks after I had uh, popped the question. So mm-hmm. I want to go back to the first year of the Chan marriage. I want to go all the way back to the starting point because you both loved God, you both were sold out to him, but you realize that marriage looks different from one side of the altar than it looks from the other side of the altar, right? Yeah, you really do. But I will say, you know, we were warned about so many things like, be careful this, first year is going to be tough, this is going to be crazy. And I seriously felt little to none of that. It was like a dream come true. It really was. Like, honeymoon on, just, wow, I can't believe I get to be with my best friend. We never have to say goodbye. And it was it was a dream. You click. Oh, yeah. You, you click immediately. together. Yes. What, about, what about you, Lisa? Yes, I would totally agree. Although I'm having a flashback of the time that he made me so mad that I threw my shoe at the closet and just to get a real loud bang out of it. Like there were moments of just total pride and selfishness and silliness that first year. But we we kept waiting for the shoe to drop. When is this going to feel so awful and terrible? And and the shoe didn't drop, but it did get thrown. It I, did get thrown. <laughs> did you throw it at him? <laughs> it was not at him. It was specifically to make a very loud noise. And what prompted the the shoe throwing? I, that's Do you remember? what's so funny. My daughter was asking me that the other day. I said, "Honey, I can't even tell you. I cannot remember even slightly what it was about." It was probably something I said. I, I, I was very sarcastic <laughs> back then. <laughs> you, you know what I call? I call it at least in my life a rookie mistake. Yes, and it's okay to make a rookie mistake in your first year. Yes, it's not. It's not good to make one in your 43rd year, yeah. which we're coming up on our 43rd wow. year of marriage. You, you know, as, as I'm listening to you guys describe your first year. Marianne and I would be very similar. We our first year we didn't hit the hiccups. We we kind of enjoyed being with one another just like you described. But I think it was probably I don't know, maybe 10 years into our marriage when I was getting ready to prepare for a small group meeting that was going to happen at our house, couples coming over, and we were going to start a new study about marriage. And so I was doing some some prep work that afternoon and I was reading through these passages and reading some of the stuff, and it dawned on me that, oh, marriage is supposed to be about God, Mm. not about us. Now, I'm 10 years in. I've been walking with Christ for more than a decade, and all of a sudden it's this idea, oh, marriage is supposed to be about him. We had said as a couple, we want God to be at the center of our marriage. We want, But there was like this light went on that was a different deal there's a difference between having God that center your marriage and having marriage be about him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, even in our marriage, we've maybe fought maybe a dozen times. 
then it's only for a couple hours, if that. And so part of what prompted us to write this book was like, how can we don't fight? You, you know, and we realized, you know, it's because we haven't been focused on each other. I mean, from day one, we were three weeks into the marriage when I felt like the Lord asked me to start a church. And I, this is nothing we'd ever talked about. And to look wow. at my new wife and say, I feel like God wants me to do this. I know we never talked about it. It might just be a few of our friends at our house. I mean, so we did what we were told not to do, which, hey, don't get right into the ministry. Well, we're three weeks in going, God wants me to start a church. And for Lisa to go, you know what? I, I believe God called me to just support you in whatever way you were going to lead our family. So if that's what you think God wants us to do, let's go. And so ever since the beginning, we've been thinking about others and how do we minister to people? How do we reach our neighborhood? How do we reach our city? And because we've both been on this mission together that's taken us all around the world now, it hasn't just been about, hey, you and me, you're not making me feel good. I'm not making you feel good. You know, it's about, hey, we're here for a purpose. And as we've pursued that, it's caused us to be so in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Lisa, what did you think when he uh, came up with this vision? And it wasn't just a vision for him. It was also a transformational moment for you because he was he was going to need you to go do something you weren't necessarily planning on. Yeah, I think, you know, it's so important for single women, young girls to to watch and see that the man that they're interested in or the man that they're dating is really walking with the Lord because that gave me a lot of confidence to say, you know what, I do trust God in you. I trust that he's shown you a plan, put something on your heart. So that's my role then. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to roll my sleeves up and let's get to work. We need Sunday school teachers. We need to do a midweek kids program. I mean, we were doing so much stuff, but it was so fun in a way, even though it was tiring. It was also just, we love these people. Let's serve them and let's do what God's put on your heart. And so some of it was just the grace of God to give me as a young, I was 22 years old, bride to say, yeah, you can follow this man as he follows Christ. You weren't surprised by his his vision, what he wanted to go do, because you talked about what he was going to be about as you dated. I mean, that's part of why you two connected so deeply, right? Well, and you know, I was so drawn to him because he loved God in a way that was very different than a lot of the people I had been surrounded by in my own church setting. And that's not to badmouth them necessarily, but wow, it was like the way Francis would teach and preach. He had this fear of God and this reverence for the word of God. In fact, before we got married, the best gift I have ever been given was this Bible that he gave to me a couple weeks before we got married. It had my my married name inscribed on it. So it said Lisa Chan before I was Lisa Chan. And he wrote this whole a letter inside of it to me. This is what we're going to commit our lives to. I want to see you wear this Bible out, you know, and just, wow, what a gift to have a husband with that kind of mindset, you know. Francis, you believe that um, we have dumbed down marriage into this horizontal relationship of two people trying to make each other happy. And what you and Lisa have written about here, in fact, both of you should comment on this, is that there is a transcendent purpose to marriage. Yeah. that is God-created, God-embedded, that if we miss this, we miss life. Absolutely. You know, we... 
we tend to focus on certain passages in Scripture and not others. And when you look at what the Bible says about marriage, yes, Paul wrote Ephesians 5, but even that was really about Christ and the church. But Paul, who wrote that, also wrote 1 Corinthians 7, you know, who, who says, this is what I mean, brothers, the appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, those who buy as though they had no, no goods. You know, and, and he goes on, he says, for the present form of this world is passing away. You know, he's saying, those who have wives, you just live like you're not, because there's something bigger here. You know, there's, there's this mission. We've got this brief time here on earth, and this is what we've got to be about. The, the Bible does talk about a marriage, but the emphasis is this marriage of the Lamb and, and this eternal marriage that we're going to be in. I mean, if we, if we just sat and wrote down everything Jesus said, every time he wrote down husband or wife or family, just write down all those verses, we'd be shocked. I mean, the way he speaks about family is I am so far beyond that. Yes, I created marriage. Yes, I created man and woman. I want you to live this way. But the point of that is so that the world has a picture of this beautiful marriage that's going to happen one day and this picture of this beautiful father that we have in heaven. And we're just that shadow. We're just that glimpse. But too often in the church, we make it all about us and it's, it's killing our marriages. A marriage that's operating under the authority of Scripture and mm-hmm. attempting to live obediently under the lordship of Christ, living under his authority, even though they're doing it imperfectly, should show God off mm-hmm. to a lost world. Amen. And I think it's going to be one of our most powerful witnessing tools in the Christian community going forward. In fact, I think in one of the chapters, Lisa, you wrote, what would happen if marriages got it together and divorce was rare? Wouldn't that be so amazing to have the statistics be, wow, those who belong to Christ, those who are following Christ, their divorce rate is next to nothing. That is what would make sense given what we know, what we believe, that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like, you know, you think of those times when the the apostles would say this, brothers, this ought not to be. Like, that's what goes through our heart is people, believers out there. Come on, this ought not to be. We've got to rise above and recognize who we are, that we're God's children who have been given his spirit, and we can live out our lives in a very different way. Well, and the interesting thing is the statistics we've all heard that marriage is the same in the church as it is outside the church. Well, that's true if in the church means you ask a guy, are you a Christian? Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. But (laughs) if you ask a guy, do you go to church every week? Do you read your Bible? Do you pray together? Now, all of a sudden, the marriage statistics are completely different Mm -hmm. uh, because believers who are walking with Christ recognize it ought not be, and they're living for something different. Yeah. I, I mean, I really believe there has never been a divorce between two spirit filled believers. Never in history has there been two spirit-filled people, people walking in the spirit who've gotten divorced. It's impossible. There's only one spirit. So one person has to be just 
not walking with him <laughs> in order to leave. And so I, I completely agree with you. They're using stats of everyone who goes to church, right. calls himself a Christian, which, man, that's what the Bible, that's what Jesus says all the time. I know you say that you're a believer. You call me Lord, but why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? Hmm. You know, the whole book of First John is it doesn't matter that you say you know him because you don't obey his commands. You are a liar. Well, in fact, you say in the book that couples who say they have marriage problems need to recognize it's not a marriage problem. It's a God problem. Amen. Unpack what you mean by that. Well, I mean, bottom line, like Lisa and I both have made a commitment individually to God. I mean, she knows I'm not going to leave her. I can't. I mean, before the Lord, we're going to work everything out. And in the same way, she has that same mindset. And we have this understanding before the Lord where... He fills my every need. Like Psalm 23 says, that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not like desperately needing Lisa to fill all of these holes in my life because I'm such a needy person. The Lord's wonderful. I know the creator of the universe. I'm going to be with him forever. I've got everything in my possession. And so he's given me so much life, life to the full, that I just have life to give and give and give. And so... I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and go, gosh, I need so much from Lisa. I'm filled in the Lord, and I have life to give to her. And the same is true for her. And when people understand that, then they're not sucking the life out of one another and needing so much from one another, but they're getting, they're getting their, their water from this fountain of life, which is God himself. Well, and that's why it's so important, too, for those who are in a marriage where only one of them is spiritually minded, and they do not have a believing husband or wife to say, you know what, it is still very possible for you to display the gospel alone. That There is some loneliness involved in that, and that's not something we make light of, but it is still very, very possible for you to receive what you need from Christ and to love this other person and to display to the world, to your children, to the people around you, what it means to follow Christ and display the gospel, even on your own. I've known a number of uh uh, women and men who've been in marriages like you're describing, and I think they're among the most courageous mm-hmm. and persevering. It is yes. not easy. It is painful. It is lonely. They're not sharing the most important yes. thing about their lives. I want to go back to something you just said, Francis, that uh, I just want to put a double underline under. There are two commitments that Barbara and I have made that completely altered our lives. Certainly, our marriage covenant, mm-hmm. where we decided we're not going to leave one another. But some months after we made our marriage covenant together publicly and became married, we experienced our first Christmas together. And we did something that Bill and Vonette Bright, who are the founders of Crew, did when they started out their marriage. We signed a contract with God, a title deed. We signed over the rights and authority of our lives to Almighty God. And it wasn't like it was a permanent contract where we couldn't renege because every day you got to get up and re-up on your contract and agree. But we signed formal papers, two handwritten pieces of paper where we gave everything we had and hoped to have uh, to God afresh as master and Lord of our lives. And at that point, Francis, it's, it's like once you settle the issue of ownership, yes. who's going to be your master? Who's going to be your Lord? Because if you're serving self and you got two people in the most intimate relationship of all of human history, marriage, and you got two people who are serving self, you know where that's headed. But if you got two people 
who are attempting to bow their necks, their wills uh, before Almighty God and say, God, would you show up? Would you do your work in us and through us? Let us minister to each other, but also, as you've said, to the world. That's when a couple, I think, experience the pleasure of God. Amen. I mean, it's something about getting your eyes off of yourself and onto God and on his mission that just, I mean, it's beautiful to me. It's gorgeous to me when I see my wife serving other people. I, I just I just look at her like, gosh, look what she's doing, you know, you know, being in Africa and watching her putting shoes on orphans or, or feeding them or, 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 or counseling, you know, some lady in crisis or, or walk around knocking on doors and just asking people, can I pray for you? You know, with a baby on her back is like, gosh, she, she's amazing. <laughs> or coming home and saying, honey, can, is it okay if this person comes and lives with us? I know we just got out of prison, but you, you know, and, and for her to say, yeah, yeah, you know, I, we, we trust in the Lord. It, it just makes her more and more attractive to me because I see her love for Jesus and her faith in his reward. And Francis, as you're bragging on Lisa, I just reflected on a meeting I was in yesterday where I was bragging on Barbara. She has a heart for great theology passed on through women, wives, moms, into their families, and she's using her artistic ability to create biblically anchored resources uh, around the holidays that families celebrate to take families back to the Christian roots and allow women, wives, moms, grandmothers to pass on the truth of the gospel to the next generation and beyond through those traditions. And I, I was just bragging on her and, and frankly got kind of emotional about it because like you, when you were just smiling as you were talking about Lisa visiting an orphanage, uh, when you see your wife fulfilling what God's design is for her, it can't help but make you proud because you're a team. And that's what marriage is. It's a couple who are about God's purposes. Now, tomorrow, we're going to talk more about what it looks like to live marriage with an outward-looking perspective where your focus is on how can we serve the Lord together rather than how can we get our mate to please us or do what we want in our marriage. We'll have our guests, Francis and Lisa Chan, back with us. Hope you can be here as well. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.